Hey guys, this is Mitch Fosberg from the Manistee News Advocate and Benzie County Record Patriot. Before we start the episode, I just want to help make sure I make one point very clear. As the headline suggests, we're going to talk high school girls basketball and make some predictions. By no accounts do we have any ill wishes toward any of these programs, any of these players, any of these coaches, or any of these fan bases. Myself and sports editor McLean Moberg have spent the entire basketball season going from school to school to see how these teams pan out. We are so excited for the March Madness in the state of Michigan to begin, but also though we have a small idea of how we think it may play out. These are our thoughts. If you have any issues with the way we handle this, please get a hold of us in the email listed in the description. Okay, enough of my chit-chat. Let's get the episode. Did you miss us? Because we missed you. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Sports Advocates. I'm Mitch Fosberg. Back flank for me, 90 degree angles away. Mr. McLean Wilberg. McLean, welcome back to Freedom, my friend. How are we doing? Oh, man, I'm happy to be back in the office, cooped up in that apartment for too long. Uh, healthy now and ready to go, man. We've obviously got some district basketball coming up, folks, which is what we're going to be previewing today. Girls Basketball District Tournament coming up starting February 27th. And uh, regular season hasn't winded down yet, but we know the matchups and we know the district locations and whatnot, so it's time to break these down, Mitch. Absolutely. So this year was a little special. I don't know how to explain it, but they did this weird like seating thing with the brackets and the district draws, so we actually found out the pairings on Sunday last week. The week left before the season ends, we'll know the boys next week, we'll talk that too. But out of the seven schools we covered, five are Division Four. we're going to start there. Uh, the first district we have will be, be hosted by Buckley, and believe it or not, Buckley hosts one of our schools in our coverage area, Bear Lake. So Buckley Bear Lake going at it. Looks like that's going to be the main event of Monday's action. We'll get to the first game momentarily. But Buckley Bears, Bear Lake Lakers, how do you see this going off? Yeah, you know, the one thing I love about Bear Lake girls basketball is, you know, the camaraderie and the leadership that's on that team, the five seniors that are there, obviously, you know, to me, uh, wins don't always reflect, uh, you know, the success of a season and whatnot, and here they are, and I think they're playing some of their best ball. They're coming off of a very close loss to Big Rapids Crossroads here last night, and um, yeah, I mean, I think they're going to enter this and, and fight fiercely and, and to the end and, and see what happens. But, you know, the one thing about them is is I think they have to get going early. That's sort of their uh, M.O., so to speak. It was kind of last year, too, where maybe they had these kind of slow starts out of the gate and then they would figure it out in the second half. I think for Bear Lake it is key that they get off to a fast start here against Buckley uh, to give themselves a quality chance in the third and fourth quarters. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, I did watch Buckley play one time this year. Um, they got some good size. It's not the biggest, you know, not the best height and length team I've seen this year. Uh, that crown goes to Ludington. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, Buckley's got some good size. They've played really good competition. They've held somewhat tight with Brethren earlier in the year. The one thing I like about Bear Lake is um, Hannah Harrington mentioned this when she was on the podcast. Like, these girls just fight. Like, one girl after her marrying game was throwing up off an exhaustion. Like, that's going to be some sort of fight Bear Lake's going to put on. And it's kind of do or die and their seniors kind of know like they're, they're laying the foundation for what they really want to do in the future but you know I think Buckley's going to pull this win unfortunately but that's going to be a tough physical game that's going to come down to the very last possession 
Patriots. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think it's going to be close. These are two teams that are looking to get to that next round against Brethren, which is obviously going to be a tough matchup for no matter what team, in my opinion, just with their size and their record and, and just overall skill and success. But I think this is going to be a quality opener to this district, and um, you know it'll allow us to move on to that next district game, Mitch. Yep, uh, the first game on that day would be Okanakama taking on Fife Lake Forest area, a town that I had no clue even existed until I moved up here last February. What's up? Portagers right now are 5 and 15. Catholic Bear Lake, the record is until the Holy Tale. Uh, Fife Lake Forest area is 2 and 17. So, I'm going to ask you this first, McLean. How do you think this game's going to shape up? I think Okanakama is going to win this game. Uh, you know, I guess just to start there, if we're going to put our stamp on it here, you know, real quick, I do think Onekum is going to win this game. I think they have enough firepower there. When you talk about uh, some of their individuals and their players and whatnot, obviously you have Carly Bennett, who is, um, you know, a senior point guard for them. Obviously the daughter's coach and whatnot. She knows that offense inside and out. She knows that defense inside and out. They have some very exciting young players like a Heather Zielinski or an Ava Mottler or a Haley Hart. Those girls are very, very tough very motivated and uh, you know Ashlyn Blackmore is a girl a junior on that team that contributes a lot night in and night out I just think they're a very talented group who just really hasn't been able to find that stride this year maybe you know where they did kind of find moments of that last year but this is obviously a very good opportunity to play a Fife Lake, Fife Lake Forest area team and get it on track ahead of what would be a Mesa game and in my opinion another winnable game for them in the semis if they were to win this one Here's what I like about Onakuma. They're the Bennett's the coaching staff have found a really good way to utilize the fifth quarter rule and bringing up eighth graders, rotate them in properly. And this team, when I've watched them play, just you one attribute I can say about this team, Nakuma's gotten better throughout the year, is confidence. Especially when you have a lot of these young kids. I mean, you returned one starter and then I mean Madison Katowski, Larry Senior didn't play at all last year because she had to get something fixed, but I mean I've got a chance to watch him three or four times, and each time you can tell, see the growth is getting better. It's getting better. The only thing I'm curious about now is you don't have to worry about JV action. So what is that rotation going to look like you know, when you have all your eighth graders and all your freshmen at your disposal? You know, there's no really minutes restrictions except for, you know, the 32 minutes you play. So I'm curious to see how that goes, but I don't think Onekuma should have a problem with Fight Lake Forest area, in my opinion. I'm right there with you. You know, obviously, next up, that leaves us with the two semifinal games here, Mitch, where you've got Misa, who earns a bye. You've got Brethren, another team in our coverage area that earns a bye. Talking a little bit about them, um, you know, being that we did pick Onekuma, we can kind of start here with Onekuma and Misik and, and look at that game. And, you know, how do you think that one's going to go, Mitch? Onekuma. And here's the reason why I think that. If I'm Greg and Tracy Bennett, and I know that my, my number of games with my daughter are literally numbered at this point. I mean, they're gonna throw everything at the wall, make sure everything sticks. They're playing for the. I mean, everyone's playing for their lives right now, but I think it just means a little bit more to Nakama, especially a competent team like that. I mean, that's not a knock on me sick. It's just I think Nakama's got a really good young core with the two really good seniors and some good, you know, juniors and sophomores in there too. And I think Nakama battle tested in the, in the Northwest Conference. I think it's the better team. So. Give me a neck to win that one. 
Yeah, the Northwest Conference you mentioned, that is a tough place to play. You know, obviously Tracy and Greg, they know that better than anybody. I think this is a battle-ready team. I think that they already are tested. I think anybody that plays in the Northwest Conference is tested all year, and I think part of that is, you know, you liken it to strong non-conference scheduling in like a college basketball, right? I mean, this is a tough conference, and this is what does prepare you for a district. And I think them getting off the, on the right foot against Fife Lake and going into a Misik, I think they have a great shot to win this one, and I'm going to take them as well. Which brings us up to our second semifinal matchup, Buckley and Brethren. A lot of bees flying around here. Jeez, <laughs> it's like my report card in seventh grade. Anyway, so <laughs> Brethren and Buckley, these two had did play earlier in the regular season in Buckley. Brethren became Brethren and wound up winning that one, I believe, by double digit points. McLean, who you got here? Yeah, so I'm taking Brethren here, um, you know, and, and just to offer up, you know, the score, it was 49-42 to 42 Brethren on the road that night, uh, January 16th, and, you know, when you look at a Brethren, there's just too much firepower there, you know, in my opinion, you know, when you look at this, I mean, this is a team, let's talk about Brethren, Bobcats for a second, you know. In my opinion, one of the more talented teams I've seen at the high school level. They're 18-3. and three. They're going to compete for a conference championship here come Thursday against Manistee Catholic Central. And they are primed and ready to go to win this thing. They've also, they didn't shy away from competition this year, which is what I like. They scheduled a McBain Northern Michigan Christian, who did take down a, a, a good Frankfurt team that won the district last year, defeating Brethren. Uh, in that regional, Frankfurt did lose to them. And so that's a tough quality game. Plus, you mentioned the uh, playing MCC twice a year ain't no slouch. There is some good quality competition. Marion. I mean, it goes on and on, and I do believe that this is a tough league for a brethren or for anybody. And they're tall. Excuse me. Their size and length, when you talk about Stella Estes and then, you know, uh, um, excuse me, her name is escaping me, Ellie Sexton. Just such a talented individual down low in the post with those post moves. And I remember her the night that they beat MCC the first time. I mean, obviously it was a very close game and a struggle, but just sort of a masterful performance down in that post, especially late when you talk about two or three minutes. I think there's another gear with this team that kicks in in crunch time, and I think you're going to see that throughout the districts. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I think if there's one team in this district that can match rather than size to an extent, I think it's Buckley. That's why you saw that score get so close back in January. Brethren pulls this out, but don't be surprised if the gap on the scoreboard is really, really narrow at halftime. I can tell while I was talking to Julie Riggs after their last home game, um, she made a comment on the record saying that, you know, there's a lot of little things need to work out before districts. And, you know, when you only play like one game, in between that last home game and this game against Buckley, I mean, there's not a lot of game action where you can really work things in and try and get things fixed out right. But I think Brethren still pulls this out. I think it's a six, eight-point game. And Maddie Biller and Paige Patelski are going to be the two X factors in that game. Yeah, I'm with you. I'd like to throw in Olivia Sexton, too, who often makes quality plays and clutch moments there for Brethren. Um, don't want to leave her out. Is that somebody, you know, in watching that team this year, I have seen her contribute uh, at a high level, especially in that MCC game that I saw. She made a lot of plays. Um, and, and next up here in the district, you know, finals, of course, people, within our predictions, you know, we're, we're thinking it's going to be Brethren and Onekama here. Uh, these are two teams that did play following Stella's injury against MCC. So uh, they were not at full strength when they did, but Brethren did take them down in a home game on January 18th earlier this year, 47-29. to 29. Mitch, your thoughts on this rematch? So the Onekama side, you have coaches trying to keep playing with their child one more time. And then on the Brethren side, you're, you're staring down for the second year in a row, 
hopefully your first district championship in 40 years. I think just because of that history and the size, I like a lot of the Nekimo's future post pieces they're going to have, the Anna Bradford and Delaney McCarthy, but they're still just so, so young. And that's such that's gonna be such a, that's gonna be the biggest stage they've played on so far. Brethren's bigs have been on that stage before last year. Give me Brethren in this matchup. Even though know, I think it's gonna be tight at halftime, it's gonna be pulled away in the fourth quarter. But give me Brethren. I'm gonna be taking Brethren in, in this one as well. I mean, simply just because of a size factor here. And you know, when you talk about size and length, and and they are, you know, having seen this game, you know. And then watching it from the perspective that Stella is not there, that size did cause Onekama some problems. Now, Onekama, of course, had some turnover issues that can get cleaned up in that game, and that I know Tracy will clean those up and get those ready to go. And so I think it's going to be a cleaner game from Onekama. Again, something we've talked about throughout this you know, segment here on this district is they're going to be a motivated group. They might be the most motivated group in this district, or at least 1A, 1B with the team that they would be playing in this finals with Brethren. Mm -hmm. But I do think overall, when you talk about the size, the experience, you know, and, and whatnot, just being in that situation, Brethren was there last year and was right there, right there. And now they're back here this year. I, I just don't see them letting this one slip away like maybe last year did. Yeah. So that wraps up the Buckley uh, district. Let's get here the Walkerville District. One team our coverage area is in here, but looks for the, the one seed with the bye. It's going to be Manistee Catholic Central. They're going to they're they're see the winner of Mason County Eastern and Baldwin. That's going to be the first matchup on the 27th. I'm just going to go on a hunch and say it's Mason County Eastern, mainly because Baldwin's 0-11 right now. But how do you see that one shaking up? Yeah, I do believe it'll be Mason County Eastern versus Manistee Catholic Central as well in that semifinal game, and I will be taking MCC in that game. You know, I, I, I think that there are so many talented individuals on MCC's roster, and, you know, and that's a team that I have seen a lot of, and when you talk about their senior and junior class, Aaliyah Stickney and Elizabeth Logan, a Grace Kidd, and Ashley Van Alst, I could go on, you know, a Kaylin Johnson down low in the post. I think this is a very versatile group who, in some ways is still trying to reach another level, which when you talk about being 14-2 and two in the league and competing for a conference championship on Thursday, that's a tip of the cap, that they still have another level to tap into and, and being as good as they are. And I think you might see that. This is their last chance, right, Mitch? Mm -hmm. This is the send-off. This is the senior send-off. Todd Erickson has told us himself he can't remember the last time he's had this big of a senior class. If they are going to put their stamp on this thing, it's going to be in this district tournament. Absolutely. So, which brings us to the other side of the bracket. McBain, Northern Michigan Christian, team we talked about a couple minutes ago. They're going to face the winner of Pentwater and Walkerville. I'm just going to guess it's Pentwater based on what I saw with Walkerville last week. Um, so, are you agreeing with that? Yeah, I absolutely am. And, you know, Pentwater, I, I've seen them play a couple of times, and, and I do not, by any means, I don't think they're a bad team. I think they're a pretty good basketball team, actually. And I do think that they should be able to handle Walkerville in this game. Um, you know, obviously, Pentwater has played, you know, like a brethren and, and other things like that in, in here. And so we've seen them sparingly, of course. But I do think Pentwater will have enough to pull this out. And then when you talk about in that semifinal game against a McBain, Northern Michigan Christian, um, you know, a team that was in the regionals last year and a team that did take down brethren earlier this you know, regular season, I do think that they'll probably win that. And, and you're looking at an MCC versus McBain district final here. Absolutely. So in that district title game between the Sabres and the Comets, cool cool mascot name by the way, the Comets, you can't go wrong with that. But <clears throat> who do you like here? Yeah, I'm going to take MCC, actually. Um, I know McBain took down Brethren. 
again, though, sort of that motivational factor. Not that any one team, of course, is more of a motivated than another. You know, we're not on all of these teams' beats, Mitch, of course. But mm-hmm. knowing what I know and having the conversations that I've had on off the record, you know, being able to see this team in action a lot and what happened last year, Mitch, falling short of where they ultimately wanted to be. This is sort of that year where they're running it back, so to speak, and I do think they pull it off to a certain extent. So I'm really torn on this, mainly because when I got to watch McBain or the Michigan Christian, at the Division Four level, I don't think I've ever seen a team from starting point guard or starting center all be taller than me. Like, they got some good size, top to bottom, entire lineup, some good talent off the bench. I'm just going to say this. The winner of this game is going to be the team that shoots the ball the best. You know, I think the one big bugaboo MCC had last year, you talked about that big run. I believe they shot under 25% for the entire district tournament. That's what sent them off. If MCC can find a way to shoot the ball and be able to capitalize on opportunities, they should have no problem winning this game. My prediction is the team that shoots the best. I know it's kind of a cap-out, but that's honestly how I feel. I mean, I'm not going to lie to my friends here that are listening to that, well, our audience, I'm not going to lie to you here. Whoever shoots the ball best is going to win. No, I think that will be the ultimate determiner of this game. You're not wrong. That is what plagued them last year was just low shooting percentage from the field from everywhere. You talk about three-point line, two-point buckets, free throws. They know themselves that it wasn't the greatest shooting you know, performance, and they know that they were better than that. Absolutely. Having the conversations that I've had with those kids, they understand that they're better than that. And I do believe that they're going to be put on a bit of a show to make up for that uh, this district tournament. And it starts Thursday against Brethren. It starts Thursday putting on a good show this week. Absolutely. So now let's get on to the Frankfurt district, the third of the four we're talking about here. Something in the Benzie County for a second. The first matchup, the only quarterfinal we have is Leland, Leland and Lake Leland St. Mary. I'm not going to go too far in that game because I haven't watched either team play. And I think it's honestly a toss-up. So, give the Frankfurt right now a 10-10. Uh, 10 10. Take on 3-15 Sutton's Bay. McLean, what say you? Uh, Tim Reznich and the Frankfurt Panthers are going to be moving on to the uh, district final game for the millionth time in a row, it feels like. Uh, I don't know the exact number on that, guys. So, uh, But I know it's a lot in the last 10 years, and they were there last year and they won a district, and I think they're going to have the opportunity to at least win one again here. Um, I do not believe that Sutton's Bay is able to get by Frankfurt. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Frankfurt pulls away with this kind of easily, although Sutton's Bay's point guard is the best first thing I think I've seen in sports. Sunshine. (laughs) Coolest name ever. I love that so much. Can we both assume that in the finals they're going to see Maple City, Glen Lake, who's the top two team in the state? Yeah. Okay. So, so, Maple City, Glen Lake, Frankfurt, you don't need a lot of build around it because that's that big of a rivalry up there, which I found out again once I got here. But how do you think this game's going to shape up? I would like to start by saying this. This is a team that I really have enjoyed watching the time that I've had to, uh, you know, to watch them this year. Um, this is a really talented group with a Kinsey Stockdale, you know, just a really head down type of player, put her shoulder down, get into the lane. She's a really rough and tough physical player. Um, you know, a, a girl like Savina Anhalt, who conversations between me and Tim Reznick, she's worked really, really hard throughout this past offseason to get her jump you know, jump shot where it needs to be, and it's turned her into a prolific shooter on that team. A, a girl like Kylie Harris, who I'm just going to say it after watching that Christmas tournament game, she's got she's got the ability to go off, man. 
she can go off at any time. She can get 20. And it's just depending on the night if, if she's in that zone. And then you talk about Emma McKenzie and Evelyn Vantol down low. Of the teams that we cover, I'm not sure that there is a post presence that rivals Brethren more than Frankfurt's does right now. And so, you know, I would like to say that. But when you talk about a 17-2 and Glen Lake team, who, as you mentioned, is ranked very highly in the state, um, I am going to be, a, you know, going with Glen Lake here in the final. Um, and, and Frankfurt does not get that second consecutive district title here. Yeah. This is all I'm going to say about the game. It's the third meeting between two rivals. Frankfurt has home court advantage. It is in the month of March. There's a recipe. Just saying. There's going to be there's a recipe here. For some possible chaos in this whole bracket, which I can get to here a little bit. But as a betting man, if somehow someone was absurd enough to have DraftKings bet Michigan High School sports, <laughs> which would be just a god-awful idea, a betting man would probably take the points with Frankfurt, because I'm going to guess it would be a decent size spread. But i like the Lakers to win it, but you're going to see a lot of fight off Frankfurt. A it's going to be close. It's going to be tight. I don't want to sit here and say, like, this is going to be some lopsided game. This is going to be a close game. Absolutely. This is going to be a close game. This is going to be a competitive game. It's tough to take on a team for a third time. As you know, Mitch, watching sports all these years, covering sports all these years. And just like to add in, as you've said on many occasions, it's March. And so the records get thrown out. This is a one-game scenario. And in a one-game scenario, anything can happen. Absolutely. So... With the, so that's what the one last thing before we ship districts here. This region for Division Four, you're going to have potentially Maple City Glen Lake, potentially Manistee Catholic Central, potentially Brethren, and potentially Gaylord St. Mary's. Now, Gaylord St. Mary and Maple City Glen Lake are one and two in the state. So trying to see a team in our coverage area break through that, man, it's going to be a, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. But all right, so Division Three. The last two teams in the coverage area are coincidentally less than a mile down the road. What the odds of that? That's what I like to see, to it's be honest. Pretty nice. So, Manistee, Benzie Central in the Manistee District. Manistee gets the first game in the quarterfinals against Grand Traverse Academy. It's the last district run for the Chippewas before they become the Mariners. You're right, Mitch. It is. Yep. That's exciting in some ways. My idea for the Blue Wave was not heard, and I am not upset about it whatsoever, but Manistee Grand Traverse Academy. How you see it shaping up? Manistee and Grand Traverse Academy. You know, it's a very interesting matchup, in my opinion. I, you know, it's probably more even than not. And, you know, to me, Manistee is one of those teams where if they play up to their full potential, I, I think they kind of win this game, you know, regardless of what the situations are. It's it's getting them to play up to that though, and I think Ken Cott, you know, maybe agrees that at times it's like you you go into a game and they look amazing, and then at another time they go into a game and maybe there's a few too many turnovers or a few too many miscues or just that miscommunication that takes that that takes that time to gel over a span of games and whatnot. And obviously, as you approach March, you're hoping for the highest level of organization, chemistry, communication amongst teammates, right? And I think Manistee. Remembering last year's district game in Ludington that I went to, it wasn't against Ludington, it was, it was against Cadillac, I believe. Um, but it was at Ludington's gym, and, and they I just remember them fighting their butts off. And even though this, that season did not necessarily go the way that they wanted it to go, 
They fought their butts off, and I expect them to do the same thing here. And I think that if they have a good shooting night and keep the turnovers down, and when you talk about like an Allison Kelly and, and Abby Robinson and Lacey Zimmerman and, and girls like that stepping up and doing their jobs, and then a Libby McCarthy, who at times can be a very, very quality scoring threat from anywhere on the floor, I, I think you know head coach Ken Cott would tell you that she can create her own shot and off the dribble, jumpers, whatever it may be, she can do a lot. And, and I think if all those girls are clicking, they're going to win this game, Mitch. Yeah, give me the Chippewas here in a tight one. It just seems to me like with Manistee, just from a personal I'm able to watch, like, it's kind of like their ability to finish, I think, like around the round, around the basket, it's just something just seems off with it. Just a little bit off. I think that's kind of the missing link they have. If they can find a way to finish strong around the hoop, keep the turnovers low, like you said, shoot well, they shouldn't have a problem. It's going to be a tight one. But give me the Chippewas here, which means they get set up for a semifinal matchup against Traverse City St. Francis, who is 17 and 2. And apparently, also, since I moved up here, found out is, I guess, decent on everything at least. So, uh, how do you see this one going out with the Chippewas and Gladiators? Yeah, you kind of said it there. From what I'm finding out, being that I've never really traversed northern Michigan before, you know, for people that don't know, I grew up in Grand Ledge, Michigan. Uh, shout out to the comments as well, since Mitch mentioned that. That's our mascot. Uh, you know, and I grew up there, a small town outside of Lansing, and so I really didn't know much about northern Michigan. And you're kind of learning these rivalries, and, and you're learning who traditionally has great you know, teams in different sports and, and who is building and, and who is kind of in the middle and whatnot. And, and Traverse City St. Francis, for the most part, by all accounts, is one of those teams that is usually pretty good in a lot of sports. And it's no different here. They're 17-2. and two. They're one of the best teams in the state. And, you know, I just think it's going to be a little bit too much for Manistee to overcome. And, uh, you know, I do see St. Francis moving on to that final. Kind of like you mentioned with that Cadillac game last year, they're going to fight. They're going to fight. But... It's going to, unfortunately, be the end of the season for them. Give me the Gladiators here. It's going to be a tight one about midway through the third quarter, and then I think St. Francis kind of takes over from there. But that's not a knock on Manistee at Absolutely all. It's just, not. It's just, you know, just <laughs> you got to draw that job or not. But, hey, you know, like I said earlier, Frankfurt, like, crazy things could happen in March. You never know. But I just don't like the, just don't like the odds. And it's all about the odds at the end of the day, you know, and obviously just a, a disclaimer here, you know, there's there's no personal attacks on any team here or anything like that. You're just looking at it for what it is. And when you talk about one of the best teams in the state at 17-2, and two, the odds just, just aren't great. But as we've said many, many times, anything can happen because all it takes is one night. You know, all it takes is one game. And I've seen it, you know, and I've seen it firsthand. I've seen George Mason knock out my Spartans. I've seen Middle Tennessee State knock out my Spartans. You know, I've seen things like that. So it can happen. It's just about when you're analyzing it, of course, I don't think you analyze it for the upset necessarily, if that makes sense, Mitch. You're, you're looking at it from a numbers perspective, from personnel, from size, from length, from record, from, from every angle is what you're trying to look at it from. And so, you know, that's really all it is. And it is absolutely want to make sure that everybody realizes there are no knock on any of these teams. These are great kids that fight hard every day. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> Semifinal matchup, also in this Manistee district, we have Benzie Central taking on Manton. Manton. Manton <laughs> Rangers. That's a kind of cool name. How do you see this one shaping up? 
Man, Bensie Sanchez having a very, very good year, aren't they, Mitch? Mm-hmm. They're having a very quality year. Gloria Stepanovich is having a double-double just about every night, it seems like. Every time head coach Jeff Norbeck calls me for stats or sends me stats, she's getting 15, 12, 20, and 10. Something, you know, She is just going off. And Kara Johnson multiple times has had the ability to put 20 points through the hoop on a given night. I think this is a very talented group. You've got a girl like Marie Riedlinger, who's sort of their utility player, sort of their Draymond Green, so to speak, can do everything. The other night he sent me a stat line where she had like six assists, five steals, and eight rebounds or something. You know, it's like, okay, she, this girl's just all over the floor. I think this is a talented group. I think they're going to move on, and I think they're going to give themselves a chance at a district title here. Yeah, give me the Huskies, the reasons you just, you just said, but also like... I got a chance to talk to uh, Gloria Ste- uh, Stepanovich or Stepanovich. I don't know how you pronounce it. I'm not, I'm not good with those like itch names like Ninkovich or whatever. But anyway, I digress. I had a chance to talk to her after the game at Consultants Bay back in January. She mentioned like they want that district title. Like it's been 20 years. They do 20 downbacks after every practice to get to that point. I think I think they will get to that point. But we're talking now a rematch between Bensie Central and Traverse City St. Francis, which did not go Bensie Central's way. So, in that rematch, how do you see it shaping up? I see it shaping up better, maybe the same results. I'm honestly kind of where you were in the uh, the former district that, you know, that we were talking about where you didn't necessarily declare a winner in that MCC game. I don't know if I can declare a winner here because Benzie Central played them, you know, I don't want to say like it wasn't like a two-point loss or anything like that, but talking to Jeff, it was just sort of some, some things that, you know, outside of it and some turnovers and... And let me, you know, kind of put this out there for the people right now. But they're, you know, Benzie Central's boys and girls. And by no means is this an excuse or anything like that. It's just trying to add context to the situation. But, you know, they haven't been able to play in their gym all year long. You know, their gym took water damage in the preseason. And they were relegated to their middle school gym. And for the big time home games, they played either at Traverse City West or Traverse City Central. And because of that, they've only had one gym. Which means that the boys and girls basketball teams over there have not really had the practices that they would have had. You know, let's say a team has 20, 30 practices in a year, they've had half that. And so they haven't had the floor time that they usually would have had, and they're still this good. I think there is another level for them to tap into. I think this is going to be a close one. I'm not necessarily putting my stamp on this because I do think Benzie Central has a decent chance at this one. Yeah, uh, you mentioned that gym floor. First of all, before I forget, their Facebook page showed, showed a picture of what the new gym floor looks like. Oh my goodness. It looks clean, but my camera's going to hate it. <laughs> it looks clean, but my camera's going to hate it. You kind of mentioned, you know, like, you know, you're not used to your own gym. I feel in the way with both teams, especially this time of year, that kind of that kind of helps. That you're used to kind of that, you know, we're playing our home games in the middle school gym. Okay, cool. But the big ones, you know, your Frankfurt's, your Glen Lakes. I can't think of another big rivalry off the top of my head, but you're playing those uh, different on the neutral site floor. Like, that's exactly what you do in a March. It's exactly what you're doing. So I think there's one team that could be able to adjust to that the quickest. It's Fancy Central. There's a hunger there to knock off St. Francis, to bring back that district championship. There's a huge hunger there. And man, you know what? I would love to sit here and say Fancy Central is going to absolutely annihilate Traverse City St. Francis, but again, kind of like what I said with the Glen Lake and Frankfurt, like, you know, the odds are telling me, like, again, like, this could have a an hypothetical MHSAA betting pool. This could be a game with a big spread. In that point, in that case, I'm taking 
the points of Benzie Central. It's going to be a tight game. It's going to come down the wire. I just think Benzie Paul is just a, just a tad bit short here. It hurts me to say because I know the guy really talented team. If I could vote one player in this area to be All-State, it would be Gloria Stepanovich. I think St. Francis pulls out the win. Yeah, I think this is a great opportunity for Benzie Central. And, of course, it's through St. Francis. Of course, it's St. Francis, you know. We don't know that for sure. Of course, it's not official. But this team is 17-2, and two, one of the best teams in the state. I, I am going to go out on a limb here and say they're advancing to that finals, as we've said. And, of course, it's St. Francis. And, Mitch, how cool would it be for the boys to get their district title last year taking down St. Francis and for the girls to come back and do the same thing this year to the same school? There would be a probably big old parade going to downtown Benzonia. <laughs> or Potter. I'm not sure which one. But, yeah. That's kind of our whole big uh, district uh, basketball preview, but I guess wrap up this episode here. I mean, just one last thing we want to talk about, bud. Man, yeah, one last thing here. Uh, Tiger Woods is back. Uh, <laughs> Tiger Woods is back. Uh, that one was easy for me. I had fun last week, Mitch. Cooped up in my apartment. What am I doing? I've got my toddler. She's watching Bluey, Peppa Pig. I'm just, like, sitting there with my hands over my ears slightly. Uh, you know, those, all those nursery rhymes, you know, they just they, they run their course eventually, and there's only so many you can listen to. So when Thursday came around and that previous week Tiger had confirmed he was going to be playing in that, uh, shout-out to ESPN uh, Plus, uh, who they do these special groupings, as, as I'm sure you know, for golf. And Thursday's group and Friday's group was Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy, and Justin Thompson. Let me tell you, I had some fun with that. Uh, and, you know, of course, Tiger didn't get close. That was Max Homa and John Rahm, with Rahm eventually winning his third win of the year. And Max Homa's ball bouncing in and out of the hole like it was a basketball hoop to send it to a playoff. Very, very, very awful defeat to watch. Um but uh, And that was a struggle. And afterwards, he was quite emotional about that because I guess Riviera and, and Genesis and, and California area is sort of his town, and he has his family show up and whatnot. And, and I, I'm not kidding you, Mitch. Just paint the picture here. Homa's down by two strokes on 18. His ball is in the rough to the left side of the hole, probably roughly in front of the green, probably roughly 20 feet from the hole. He chips it in, bounces it on the perfect part of the green, and it literally does a little toilet bowl hole around the hole and spins out. And if it would have gone in, it would have been a playoff. But it goes out. John Rahm wins with like a four-foot par putt. Um, but, yeah, Tiger Woods is back. It was just nice to he- see him hit some golf balls, man. He ain't winning majors anymore. He's out of his prime, of course. He's 47 years old, 48, somewhere right there. But I tell you what, I could still load up my TV and watch him hit golf balls all day. As you say, I'll wear your Tiger Woods hat, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, for me, I thought about going one way, but I decided last second to go the other because, again, my ADHD is probably tweaking real hard today. Yeah, I know I've written this before in the past, but especially now, I think it needs to be a big reminder because we just went through all of our predictions. Just we were honest. We totally thought what we thought. Just remind all your fans. I mean, just enjoy this. But, again, ignorance is not needed in the stands. I'll say this over and over and over and over and over and over and over again until I'm blue-y, I mean blue in the face. This is this is a very emotional period for these high school kids, especially for these seniors who they're not going to be able to put that jersey on again. You know, Buckley and I have both been in that situation. It sucks. It's awful. You don't want to take it off. I'm pretty sure I almost wore my shoulder pads on the bus right now for my last football game. You screaming at the ref or screaming at coaches or the players. 
this doesn't this what are you trying to prove it's not helping the situation at all it's taking the situation that belongs to the kids and putting it on yourself all right just sit back relax enjoy this it's march you're supposed to have fun but just know there's a limit to it so that's all i'm gonna say so yeah, that's wraps up this episode of the Sports Advocates for Sports Editor McLean Moberg. I'm Mitch Bosberg. Thanks for joining us and keep your stick in the ice.